0: All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another amazing edition of our webinar series. And my name just happens to be Christine Conte. I am not the Sarah Cooperman. I know, I know. So you're stuck with me today. And what I would love for you to do is right now, in the chat, if you could drop in, where are you coming to us from? And are you in Texas? Are you melting? What is happening around the country, around the world, wherever you're joining us from? And before we even get started, we are all going to be monitoring the chat. So if at any point you want to put something in there, you've got a question, um, we will have some time. You know, we'll we'll kind of take a look. If there's certain questions or topics that you want us to address personally, just put it in the chat um, because this is a a webinar that we are very, I want to say, is it is it nervously excited about? Mm-hmm. I think is probably the right term for what we're about to undertake. So before we get ourselves started, there's a few things that I want to share with you. Number one, the panel of amazing human beings that I'm surrounded with today are here to help educate, to help open the dialogue that needs to be shared, needs to be shouted with the world. And this topic today is not something that should be taken lightly. This is something that is going to make you maybe uncomfortable. And the way that we learn in the world is by being uncomfortable. That is when the best learning takes place. And that is how we evolve as human beings. And that's what we're here to do today, to evolve, to help make people feel more included. And the word of the day happens to be inclusivity. That's the word, okay? So how do we improve inclusivity? And specifically, we're gonna be dealing with the fitness industry. Now, I know that many people have lots of different ideas and they come from different backgrounds and experiences, but I want you to really think about the fitness industry tonight because all of us have decades, we've we've got like a pretty much a century of experience between all of us dealing in different business aspects and fitness and teaching and personal training and education out the wazoo. I had to mention that Siri's got a degree from Harvard. I had to say it. I'm sorry. Um, but all, all of us have, she didn't want me to say that. That's why I had to say it. So we all have very diverse backgrounds and experiences, and that is something that should be a gift, but it's also something that we need to celebrate in other people. So I want to start before I introduce everyone with this quote. And the quote that I love to live by is that I would rather be excluded for including people than be included for excluding people. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Think about all the times in your life where you felt excluded. You felt that you weren't welcome. And it probably wasn't a good feeling. So, tonight we are going to be opening the dialogue on some really important topics. And this is about embracing the LGBTQ community and inclusivity in the fitness industry. And how are we doing? And what can we do? And how can we educate ourselves by doing this? So, we say this is groundbreaking because I want to applaud everyone right now for being here tonight because this is a subject that is not comfortable for everyone to speak about. And what's interesting is that the topics that are the most uncomfortable, people tend to shy away from, right? Or I don't wanna deal with that. Or I don't wanna talk about it. I don't wanna offend anyone. And in the meantime, what we should be doing is being open to other people's ideas and their feelings, and that's what we should be doing as fitness professionals. Every time we walk into a studio, we work with someone, right? Ask them a question, open the dialogue, because if you're wrong, maybe they'll tell you, hey, I don't like to be called that, where that's kind of offensive. Wow, I just learned something, as opposed to never asking. So that's what we're here to do tonight, and I want to introduce our speakers and get right into this, if you're looking for the low energy, you know, uh, moderator tonight, you, you, you're in the wrong place because you got me. <laughs> so I want to throw this out here right now. Our first, uh, our first panelist tonight is a visionary who is also the CEO and founder of Muscle Mix Music, Denise and Welcome, welcome. One of the first fitness music companies worldwide. Used to be a DJ and instructor. I love that. With over three decades of experience, Denise. Welcome. Nice
1: to see everybody. Hi, everyone. I see a couple of familiar names up there. Nice to meet you, be here. And thank you so much. And I just want to start out by saying that um, as a gay woman, I never would have imagined in my lifetime that anything like this would ever ha- have occurred. A panel of people talking about LGBTQ issues in an inclusive way, in an accepting way, just even considering, being considerate about it. It's it's amazing. So I applaud SCW and uh, and all you for doing this. So it's great. Thank you for thank you, me.
0: Denise. We're going to come back to you in a moment because come come those back. those three decades I think are going to they're going to be in handy in, in a moment. <laughs> yes. So appreciate you being so open and selfless and being able to share with us. So we're really going to look forward to your kind of that that different lens of of this topic. Um, next we have the amazing Christine D. Filippis. And she is an uncon- unconventional fitness pro, which I love. After 30 years in the industry, struggling with eating disorders, weight cycling, body dysmorphia, and a lot of unhappiness, Christine shifted her focus to joyful movement, open pop fit studio, weight neutral and inclusive fitness studio in the Philadelphia suburbs. Um, I think this is really important that um, her company fit pro Ed is the host of Breaking Body Biases, a podcast. that amplifies voices of fit pros, creating more inclusive um, inclusivity in the fitness industry. So Christine, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to learning as much as I am sharing some of my own experiences and what we do at my
0: studio. Thank you, thank you. And Siri Chalazi, thank you for being here as well. 15 plus year veteran of the fitness industry master trainer, Teaching Pilates, Bar Yoga, Dance, Step to Hit is certified by all the major companies out there. Passionately training instructors presents at conferences. Um, But what I want to highlight is that um, besides fitness, Siri has a second career as an academic researcher on behavioral science and gender equality. So, Siri, we look forward to your Lens and your view.
3: Thank you, Christine. It's such a delight and an honor to be here, uh, especially surrounded by these incredible fellow panelists. And thank you all for joining. What an important topic!
0: And not to be not to not to be last, but the Stacy Lee Kraus is with us tonight as well. Um, so internationally recognized, successful education program, um, very important. Stacy addresses emotional health. Um, which includes PTSD through integration of mind and breath and movement, um, but she she does have a dedication to foot fitness, which is very important. I love that, um, and she has been on stages, you know, for nearly fifteen years. Um, Stacy is amazing as well. If you get a chance to check that out, and um, she launched a virtual studio, teaches all over the place. If you haven't seen her, you will. Um, but I just want to thank everyone for being here for being open about. Talking about this kind of uncomfortable topic, and right now, what we're going to be opening is a uh, we're opening the dialogue right now, and we want to make sure that you realize that this is a space where we are going to address some of our opinions, and and you may hear us say something that you know maybe you don't agree with it completely, and that's okay. Um, this is not you know I we were talking before. And we hate the word safe space because safe space sometimes brings out some biases and some things that may not, you know, may come across um, in a way that we don't intend. And this is still an accountable space. So we like to think of impact versus intent or intent versus impact. So sometimes people with the best intentions may not realize how they are impacting other people. So when we speak again tonight, if you feel that that is you know, impacting you in a negative way, we are open to continuing that dialogue you know, off of the webinar because that is how we grow. We open a conversation and sometimes you have to have a one-on-one conversation. So that is why we're here to talk about inclusivity in the fitness industry and how we can be better at including others. So, with that said, we're gonna get started. and we want to talk first about kind of the evolution of the the movement. I, I would say, you know the LGBTq even that even that terminology, I mean, let's let's go there. So, Denise, you have been in the industry just by default the longest, okay? And I'm curious. We're going to start with you. What have you seen when you were first in the industry? And I know you mentioned this was, wow, I'm I'm so happy that this is the topic. I never would have imagined. Well, why?
1: Why why would I never imagine it? Well, as a a 15-year-old girl who knew that I liked girls, it was unheard of back in the 70s. To even discuss that, say it out loud, you know, let alone tell your parents or anything like that. So the idea that here we are, fast forward thirty some odd—well, I'm 59 now, years later—just uh, talking about it, it, just it warms my heart that people are wanting to be inclusive and, and be accepting of at least, uh, you know, the gay lifestyle. I still have a lot of questions myself about BTQ all the other letters. So I don't know everything. I can only tell you my experiences in life. And um, not only, you know, of course, how it applies to fitness, I would say fitness, in my experience, has always been a little bit more inclusive. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I feel like um, people have been very accepting and inclusive uh, already. So maybe that hasn't changed in the fitness arena as much in my in my view. But I think it's important to be sensitive um to certain things that are said and maybe maybe it affects you more when you're a child I don't know but I could still see it as adult and you know with adults that as a kid when people used to say to me over and over again do you have a boyfriend do you have a boyfriend do you have boyfriend?" eventually kind of you start gaining shame around that like no I don't have a boyfriend and you know at the time I couldn't say I have a girlfriend <laughs> but I, I could but I it would have it wouldn't have gone over well so um we have to think a little bit more maybe not say uh say things automatically like hey where's your husband tonight you know not only is it that it could be a wife instead but also um it could be that they're divorced or their husband left them or you know there's a lot of other issues unrelated to this topic so you know i I, i'm i'm not in favor of like tiptoeing around everything that we say because hey we're human and we if you said earlier we're used to, you know, we've been on this planet for a long time, some of us longer than others, but um, I think sensitive, being, being aware and sensitive, think and, and don't always assume that everybody who's a male has a wife and everybody's a wife, a woman has a husband and so forth, you know, from that standpoint, just think about it. That's all. I'm just proposing that. Um, so honestly, in fitness, I haven't seen much uh, oppression. you know, I haven't experienced it anyway. Maybe one of you ladies have, but I haven't. I haven't experienced it. Um, you know, of course, the terminology of um, uh, gender names, plural uh, pronouns, again, that's not I'm gonna I'm here learn about that because that's not something I'm very you know familiar with myself. Um, but maybe that has started to change, you know seeing like Christine have she her on her on her, you know, on her camera, that's new, that's new, you know, so hopefully that answered your question.
0: So, and I think, you know, Sierra, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Have you, you know, have you noticed aside from, you know, the way people speak, maybe being more open to, you know, not saying husband or assuming is,
3: you know, have you seen anything change? Mm. Yeah, I I love the point, Denise, that you highlighted about us learning to make maybe slightly fewer assumptions, because I just think that's um, good for us humans in general, right? We tend to make a lot of assumptions based on patterns, associations that we've absorbed unconsciously since we were children. I mean, we see that kids as young as five and six years old have already absorbed societal gender stereotypes about what women are like and what men are like, not to mention all these other groups. Um, And so I think the more, as adults, we learn to challenge some of those and maybe pause before we just assume is great. I do think the other thing that has really shifted, and the numbers actually bear this out, is the LGBTQ community is growing. That means that the number of LGBTQ community members in our classes, in our programs, in our facilities is also growing. And what I think is heartening is that there's been, in parallel, a growing awareness Um, and I'm not saying we're perfect, but I'm saying we're on a journey and I think we're moving in the right direction Um, in terms of how we can be more inclusive consciously toward members of the LGBTQ community, but also others. I love the quote, Christine, that you shared in the beginning. um, And I have another one kind of similar that I like to use often, which is if you're not intentionally including, you are unintentionally excluding. So just staying with the status quo and doing what you've been doing for the last 10 years or 40 years in a rapidly changing world is not enough. We have to consciously make the effort to be educating ourselves, to be staying with the times, to be asking the question of our students, our clients, our members, what more can we do, right? How are we serving you today? Well, where are we not serving you? Where are you seeing that we're doing things that are unintentionally excluding and then be better? And I think that's a mindset that's really starting to come into our industry.
0: that's that's actually it makes warms your heart a little bit. Um,
3: what I, what I think is
0: interesting, and Christine, I'm gonna have you um, ask, you know, kind of respond to something similar. Do you really think that there is, that the number of LGBTQ BTQ humans is increasing? Or are we just more comfortable expressing how we feel? Because normally your body tells you, your body tells you who you are, right? Your body writes your story and, you know, people don't always act on it. And now do people just feel more comfortable? Do you really think there's different, you know, do you really think there's more people that associate with, you know, different she, her, him, they, it, or are we just giving people, allowing them the opportunity to express it? I just think that's something to think about at this point of, you know, what were you like 20 years ago or 10 years ago? Are you more aware right now when you're, talking to an audience or teaching your group classes. So Christine, what are your thoughts on this?
2: A hundred percent, because I think that I can't really speak on statistically if there are more people or if, like you said, there's just more um, openness around this topic. I definitely know from my personal experience um, growing up, I mean, I'm 49, so I grew up in a decade in a time that too was not you know, it wasn't acceptable. I grew up in a very um, conservative religious household. So there were definitely like roles that you played as a female. And I think that my eyes have been opened up in a lot of ways. I mean, for many years, I hid my life because I'm bisexual. And anytime I had a relationship with a woman, I hid it because it was not something that I felt comfortable sharing with my family. And it just wasn't accepted. So I've seen it just from a personal standpoint. I see younger people that I know, relatives that live a different life than what I did when I was younger. And then I also see just from a business ownership standpoint, how different it is in the hiring process, how different it is with policies that are put in place in companies, in um, businesses, because they want to, be more inclusive and they want to foster um, that inclusive community, not just with the gym goers coming in, but also with staff. And then, like I said, the hiring processes and then recruitment of of clients, we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome and celebrated and not, again, going back to the assumption thing, there's so many assumptions we can make about people when they first walk in our classes. And we have to go back and figure out like, why are we thinking these things where it it stems from, it comes from our own lived experiences, it comes from culture and it's a lot to unpack and unlearn and get comfortable with. Um, But it is really important to have these conversations and to to learn from one another and to create these spaces that people feel welcome and, and celebrated in.
0: Thanks so much, Christine. I, I'm i writing, I always write down, you know, some tidbits and notes. And what's interesting as, as you're talking, I'm hoping all of us are kind of thinking about this is um, how do we go about making people feel more welcome? And, and that's something I hope that all of us are sitting back and reflecting because these webinars are for you, the fitness professional. And, you know, when we think of, you know what type of business are you? A business owner? Are you a manager? Are you a you know? Are you just a fitness instructor? Um, is this your part time? Is it your full time? How does this relate to you and the way that you serve your clients, the way that you make your clients feel, and at the end of the day, it's how you make them feel. You are your own brand, and what is it that you're doing to attract people? to you and make them feel like I want to be around you because you make me feel good. So Stacy, I'm going to I'm going to pass it over to you for a moment of I know that we've talked a lot about inclusivity and you know, things that are growing. What have you what have you seen? What are your thoughts on you know, people being more open or even if it's something that you saw that may not be better.
4: That's interesting. Um well, Currently, I'm teaching in a facility. It's very, a it's very interesting facility. It's a super swanky residential building um, that has a beautiful gym and a beautiful fitness center. And um, so the members are mostly residents and, they, and they're and they mostly young. Um, so this is a very interesting group. I'm 54. It's an interesting group for me because the oldest, I would say the oldest student is about 35. Now I currently have two KC's two Logans and three Taylors in my class, right? I know. So when I first started kind of meeting people and looking at rosters, I'm like, how do I navigate this, you know? And at at a a little bit of a challenging time, um, I do use the term safe space and that could already be outdated. I mean, as we started off this webinar to say, We're not really fans of safe space, but I always open my class with this is a safe space and I might slip up i've been teaching for 30 years and I might say ladies and I might say hey guys, it might happen. Um, But I want you to know I come from a very authentic place and this idea of inclusivity is ever expanding never ending always expanding as we're starting to see now so it's the beginning of a lot of conversations and please, if there's anything that's offensive or any place that I can grow, let's take a conversation offline and um, help me to understand what's happening, you know, what you need from me so that you do feel really safe and really included here. Um, There's this very interesting, my personal story is that in 2007, I had my very first and only intimate relationship with a woman and i was in san francisco at the time and i was walking with my very dear friend and she said okay now you're with a woman so you're gay and it had never even occurred to me and i i said well and she said well so you're bi and i paused i said well no and she stopped and she was a little bit annoyed and she said well then what are you Mm -hmm. and i said i'm stacy i that's what I've got for you. I ended up being in this relationship for seven years. um, But I still never identified necessarily with any category or um, group, I didn't not identify with them. I think we're people and it's about authenticity. So for me, what I've seen is a growing within me, and maybe this is my lack of education, and I apologize for that, but I am i feel this little sense of um, trepidation and a little bit of fear because it is such a rapidly expanding topic, and it is a little bit fiery, you know, it's a little bit heated. And I think as instructors, if we're facing 15 or 50 people in our room, um, it's the most important thing for me is to let my students know that this is a safe space that I am wanting to include each and every person in here, um, as long as we can respect each other's needs and boundaries. Um, So, even in terms of getting on to this webinar, you know, we were talking about the fact that this could be a challenging webinar. So I think what what I'm seeing these days is that People are more open, but more fearful in a different way, more Mm -hmm. fearful of making mistakes. And how can we start to normalize this great big wave of change and embrace it in a way where people are not nervous? Thank
0: you so much, Stacey, for sharing that. And I, again, this is a very powerful topic. This This is why Sarah chose to hand this off, I'm just kidding. Um, but this is this is something that's really important and there's a couple of things that that came to mind when you were talking and um one of them is that what is the importance of you know or what is effective communication that that is the next question for that I think we need to address a little bit. you know, it, it seems like in general, we've all seen this evolution of okay, we've got these terms now, okay, we've got these terms, and we always want to put people in boxes, like this person is this, and this person is that, and you don't walk around, and this is what's interesting, is that when someone asks you, who who are you, what do you do? Uh, If someone says, who are you, what do you say? And in in the fitness, you know, if, if someone asked me, Who am I? I might've said back in, I don't know, 20 years ago, I am a business owner. I am a teacher. I am a mother, whatever it is. Um, But do you really say that, you know, I am a lesbian. I am, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say. I'm transgender. I am non-binary. Like, is, what is that communication? You know, do you, do people say that or are we dancing around the fact that we are human beings and does it matter? And, and I know that this is very uncomfortable for people because you know there's this whole movement of we're in a studio when we've got to cater to these type of people and these type of people and put them in boxes. And by us not talking about this, aren't we being exclusive? Aren't we excluding people by not saying anything? But then, if we say this class is only for the LGBTQ community, are we then excluding everybody
4: else? And, and there and there are so many, um, for lack of a better word, like segregated or special classes. Whether that is specifically, um, that's all just stay there yeah
0: yeah um and that's a really great so we just had a question come in um i don't know if anyone you know feels this way do clients ever bring it up um i'm gonna just go from the chat so do clients ever bring it up or do you approach them is the next you know is which, the next thing
4: which is very tricky it's let's just back up a little bit and um How we stand in front of the classroom in the beginning and introduce ourselves and please let me know if you have injuries or recent surgeries if you're pregnant or postnatal, right most of our how many. How long is that list that we need to run through the laundry list of questions that please if you've not had these conversations with me, please do do we all still do that. And you know, do we all know about the prenatal person who's in the room with us, because do they always come up and share. But yet, at the same time, it's our responsibility to keep our students safe. So that gets a little bit tricky as well. Um, I have had two different students approach me um, because I teach some trauma informed classes. And um, now we're talking about a slightly different situation, but there are certain postures that will tend to make. those traumatized by sexual assault very uncomfortable. So I've had it two different times. Students approach me to say there are going to be some uh, postures that I will not participate in. I also had one student approach me and say, I'm, you know, very um, uh, sensitive to being touched um, within a trauma informed environment. It started me kind of down a rabbit hole wondering how many people aren't saying things. And it's not
1: only a matter of hurting someone's feelings, but, although that is part of it, it's also, we're saving people's lives. I mean, you know, you asked earlier about has the, have the numbers increased and, you know, Siri would know because she's the scientist of the group of the statistics, but, um, I, I believe that it's just more aware. I mean, how many people over the years committed suicide uh, for being gay, trans, whatever, and it still goes on today. So, you know, um, to me, I think this all boils down to kindness. I know I'm a little bit of an optimist, but I think this just all boils down to kindness on both sides. Can we be kind to each other and thinking before we speak and not assuming as much, but on the other side, if we did, if we or were the person that heard something that hurt us, give us a little bit of wiggle room here. You know, we're still learning how to navigate some of this new stuff, whatever that is. Um, if we hurt you, you know, and, and someone said it to you, don't get defensive, I can't do that or whatever. Just say, oh my God, I'm so sorry, and move on. I won't do it again, thanks for letting me know. If we just be kind and care about each other, To me, it's that simple, but maybe I'm just simplifying something.
0: So what what I'd like to do, oh, go ahead, Christine. So I agree.
2: And I think that when we go back to the, when you guys were talking about this question, I think some of it is, um, it, it goes all the way back to like when we first meet a client and just asking them like what they want to be referred to on our intake forms. Like we no longer have like male, females or options. There are other options other than that. Um, but there's a lot, um, of things that we don't no longer put on there. Like, are you married or single? Like that, that's not relevant Mm -hmm. to what I do with you, whether you have a spouse or whether you're in a relationship and if, who that is with. So really meeting people where they are and having that communication, go back to like intake forms in your software. If people are right, I own a boutique studio. So when they register for classes. Um, they'll have the option to have pronouns and select those pronouns and um, put in what their goals are. All all those things on that, on the software kind of align with that. So the communication starts from the second that they walk into the studio, but even going before that, like on your marketing, on your website and speaking, we, like I learned from a marketing standpoint, you have this avatar and it has all these um, like, I work with females that are that are postpartum that want to get back in shape or whatever your niche is, but we need to go back to like what their, what their struggles are. Like their struggles aren't whether or not they're male or female or gay or lesbian or, or transgender, or those, those usually aren't the struggles that they have when they're coming into a fitness class. So taking, taking that barrier down that they feel welcome in the first place, and then they're coming to your workouts and then I don't know. It just seems like it's a non like communicating with them with for me is just whatever they tell me. So I have a interesting last name that always gets mispronounced. So sometimes I just tell them what it is. And I don't, you know, if you have a nickname that you go by, my husband's name is very Italian and he goes by a nickname. So like, you just have to tell people. And if you get it wrong, people get my name wrong all the time. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Again, impact or intention. They didn't mean it. But just learning and in this situation, like growing when someone I have, I have clients that are um, non-binary. I have clients that are transgender. And like you, when you don't understand something, that's when it becomes kind of uncomfortable and awkward and just being open and learning, just being kind of understanding in that way.
0: I have a question for all of us. I mean, just the audience, everyone that is on this webinar right now, have you ever asked someone, if they said, you know, I'm non-binary, have you ever asked them, hey, what exactly does that mean? These are human questions. These are questions that if someone says, you know, I'm non-binary, it's almost like they shared something with you that's really powerful. And don't no offense, but I think sometimes people, you know. When you tell someone something and they don't understand, or they just kind of like brush it off because they're a little uncomfortable. The most powerful thing that you can do, I think, um, is ask someone questions, ask them. Because when you ask people questions, it means that you care. The second you stop asking questions, and this goes far beyond the fitness industry, this goes relationships and communication in general. Questions mean that you care. The second you stop asking questions, people think you don't care or but
3: Christine I'm sorry to interrupt God. Uh, can I add some nuance to that right because yes. all questions are not created equal and so I was just thinking about Denise's anecdote earlier of always being asked about whether she had a boyfriend right can you imagine a person for example who identifies as non-binary and 10 times a day someone's like so what does non-binary mean so so who do you think with exactly so what's like stuff down there right those are going to be awful questions to respond to day in and day out. So there's an element of, if it's factual information, not specific to that person that we could find out maybe by Googling, I think that's the point when we should take the responsibility on our own shoulders to educate ourselves. But what would be a very empathetic question to ask, right, would be like, you know, something that's personal to that individual, like, wow, how does how does that show up for you? You know, like, what has your experience been? Like, how do you experience our facility? Is there something that we could do to make you feel more like? Those types of questions, I think are highly respectful because we're seeking to understand something unique about that person and actually giving them a voice rather than asking them to educate us and you know, satisfying our tawdry curiosity.
0: <laughs> Siri, that is an amazing. I'm going to say that that's an amazing way oh, to look great. at this as well and great. and again i was just taking it as like just a one-on-one conversation of yeah. i'm interested you in you in yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah like i just i'm interested tell me about and again yeah I would be awkward if it was just someone you met on the street and it, why that would be that conversation i'm not really sure what the, what that would would go down but um i want to talk about i want to talk about this in the last 10 minutes that we have is really giving everyone on this Webinar, some key takeaways, some really powerful things. And Christine, you started talking about marketing. And I want to tell you that there's actually um, a good friend of mine opened this boutique spin studio um, in this area and around where I live. And she put up a little sticker on the window that is a, you know, rainbow flag. Okay, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think, I just, as a girl who lived in the East Village in New York City for many years, not a lot surprises me. Okay. Um, but what's interesting is that I remember her saying something to me and saying, Yeah, I thought about taking that sticker off. And I'm like, I don't understand. She's like, Because of the way that people view our business. And I said, wow, I, I said, I don't, I don't understand what she said, because there are so many people that are not tolerant, that are not accepting. And I feel like they would not come here and that's marketing, right? It's just something teeny that I think of. And what I asked her was, do you care? What do you, what do you stand for? And sometimes when we think of our marketing and think of other people judging us or, talking bad about trying to be more inclusive. At the end of the day, ask yourself who you are. Ask yourself what matters most in life. Like you went, you went. Denise over here is talking about kindness, right? She's not sitting in a forest singing Kumbaya. She's just thinking like, what is it that I do each day that is kind? How would I want to be treated? How do I feel when I'm included? And if people, like we said, If you're going to exclude people just to include others, can you sleep with yourself at night? And I think these are some of the things, like you said, the the client takeaway, um, the client intake forms. I think the whole husband and wife and all that stuff, personally, when I think of marketing, that's just a marketing technique so that I can get said husband or wife or family member to join said gym. And I can you know, get, get their money as well, but are there different ways to ask it? it is what that comes down to. And I know, um, you know, if there's something that, you you know, I'm going to go around again, um, Siri, I'm going to just start with you right now of, um, you know, is it, what do we do? What, whatever their takeaway is, whether you're a, um, you know, you own a gym or you're just an instructor regards to pronouns or bathrooms or marketing, what, what takeaways can you tell people?
3: Yeah, I have a few, I'll I'll share just some of the things that I've been working on. So one is in life and as my, in my work as a fitness instructor using gender neutral language, right? So instead of saying, ladies and gentlemen, hey guys, welcome step queens, right? There's so many words that we can, trust me, I've said them all over the years, but there's so many words that we can use that include genuinely everyone, even someone who doesn't feel comfortable with the queen label or, you know, I had that that bar class where, I was, oh, hi, you're looking good. And then five minutes into the class, I realized there's a gentleman lurking all the way in the background. I thought, oh my God. You know, so we've all been there. So I try to use words like, friends, lovely people, everybody, folks, uh, beautiful souls, whatever it is, right? But something that's all inclusive, believe it or not, there's even airlines. Lufthansa is is swapping out their ladies and gentlemen greeting when you board the airplane to passengers, because everyone is a passenger, right? So we can just, why wouldn't we say that? So I think that's one takeaway. I think Uh, You know, questions around, should you have gender-neutral bathrooms? Um, I think it's always a good idea to ask for people's, just like you ask for people's name, ask for their pronoun if you have an intake form or some kind of database so that you know how they prefer to be referred to. Sometimes if you have a teeny tiny facility, it can be hard to create a gender-neutral bathroom space. Ask your members, like I said, and I wouldn't make it specific to like members of the queer community, please take the survey. Ask all of your members, you know, What are some of the things that we are doing at this facility? What am I doing as an instructor in my classes or as your your personal trainer that you really appreciate? And then what are one or two things that I could do differently to make this an even better experience for you? Um, And Susan, I want to applaud your wonderful question in the chat, because you asked, how can you work with staff or coworkers who may have different viewpoints? And I I think this is something that many of us have dealt with. And this is kind of a, a really core question. And I think back to what Christine was saying in the beginning, what Denise just says about kindness is you stand for something, right? Maybe you stand for, I want everyone to feel like they can walk into my class. i have a great time. Or maybe you stand for, I just want to be kind to everybody. That's what I want to be known for. So whatever it is that you stand for, just share that and put your stake in the ground and stand in your own authenticity. And, you know, if other people agree with that, wonderful. If they don't agree,
4: that's just life.
0: Amazing. And I'm going to throw that, I'm going to throw that over to, um, Stacy. What, um, and then Christine and then Denise will, will hit you up, but Stacy, what, um, what do you think? So, so she said, so Siri talked about gender neutral words and wording. What are some takeaways that, that you could give to our listeners tonight?
4: Gender, gender neutral uh, language has been my greatest practice right now. um, For sure. So thank you. And it's been it's been a journey. um, For sure. So my introductions in class is something that I'm I'm really working on. Um, I do say hi, I'm Stacy, welcome to this safe space. I want you to know that you're all safe here, and I am working on my pronoun usage and my gender neutral language. Um, So if I slip up, please forgive me and come talk to me. Um, Always my introductions are (laughs) starting to be ever expanding as well. You know, if there's anything that I can do to help you feel more included or more comfortable in this class and that goes right along with if there are any recent injuries or surgeries or if I have any students right now who are pre or postnatal and even that term, do I have any students who are pre and postnatal has been a challenging one for me to switch from women. Um, But keeping it as neutral as possible has been has has actually led to many thank yous and many follow up conversations at the end of class. So I do know that it makes a difference. Um, I feel that I am being more inclusive by um, making the effort, making the effort to show my students that I am trying. And that's the best that I can do at this moment. And clients is a different story. One on one clients. I do, uh, tend to have deeper conversations with, but you know how it is when you walk into a Tuesday night class, you've got 90 seconds to make your intro and then you get right into the heart of what you're teaching. So I think it is important to kind of explain my platform if we want to call it that. And my platform is always to be true, to be authentic. I'm authentic and genuine and that sometimes gets me in trouble. It has over the years but I come from, from an authentic place and I mean well. So it's important for me to show my students that that is where I come from. And the more transparent I can be with them, the more they've been with me.
0: So we have a few minutes left and I just wanna hear some maybe golden nuggets from Christine and Denise and remembering bringing this back to our you know kind of circling back of embracing the LBGTQ community, and being inclusive in the fitness industry. Christine, what would you tell people listening, those of us in the industry right now, that we can do now, today, to make ourselves, um, again, Siri you talked about, you know, communication, and Stacey introductions, and, you know, and say you're making the effort. Christine, what do you think?
2: I think in everything that you do, whether you're a group fitness instructor, manager, personal trainer, and anything that you do in fitness and really just in life, but in in fitness, is anyone being forgotten? When I teach a class, is anyone being left out? Is anyone being just forgotten in that space? And then I go back to thinking about my community and what I wanna create and celebrate in my community and like thinking about what role does someone's gender or someone's sexuality, play in that, and like, and play in my assumptions as well, because we all have lived experiences with a lot of assumptions, because those assumptions then affect how we then treat people unconsciously. You may not even be aware of certain things. And we all have a lot of years of experience, just even with the pronouns, even just saying she or he all the time, and not recognizing that that may not fit someone and that may not be comfortable for them. And it is some relearning. And it is, mistakes that happen and it is awkwardness and it's okay as long as you're working towards becoming better and being more inclusive and being um being accepting and really understanding your role and how you affect someone else because again we talked a little bit about intention and impact and we want to we really want to think about how this is going to impact someone else if we're really if our goal really is to help people in health then We can't help them if they're not wanting to come to us because they're not feeling included. So it's that building that bridge. So everyone that wants to come to your class is able to and feels welcome and celebrate and celebrated, not just welcome, just completely part of the community that you create because group fitness more than any other type of fitness is about community, is about people coming together. So you have no idea. I mean, I was silent about my sexuality. So many people are, so many people aren't ready to, to have a, or, or even want a label on things. So um, people are in transition too. So uh, I think it's important to really just think for a second, like how can my actions, whether it be speaking in class or with exercises that you do, or the space that you provide in the programming that you create, how can what you do invite more people in?
0: Christine, that was fantastic. And Denise, I want to uh, I want to give you the floor for about okay, two, seconds, seconds. two seconds. You got yeah. about you got about a minute to tell a us minute. what what okay. do you suggest? You started us out with this and now inclusivity in the fitness industry. What so are some current my key final, things?
1: My yeah, my final thoughts are especially for those that are 50 plus on the older side, or, you know, just teaching a old dog new tricks type of person, be open-minded, you know? And you don't have to understand to be accepting. You don't have to, we don't have to understand everything. Because, I mean, I just find myself saying, but I don't get it, I don't understand. You know, who cares? I don't have to understand when my child's friend says that they're a they, them. I've got to try to work that into the lingo somehow, even though it's awkward. Be open-minded and that applies to fitness or really any, you know, any group that you work with. So um, that's all. Uh, I just want to wrap up by saying you don't have to understand and be more open-minded.
0: I just want to take a moment and thank every one of you, Christine, Denise, Siri, Stacy, for coming on, being authentic, being open, being vulnerable to everyone that's listening and everyone that will listen to this webinar because I'm gonna just throw it out there that I don't think any of us have all the answers. I don't think any of us know exactly what every single individual needs, but I do know that what we're trying to do is open the dialogue, trying to maybe move that needle to make just a few more people feel a little bit more included. And that's why we're here. And, and when we think of health, Health is not just physical health, it's mental health and feeling, feeling not included and and feeling shameful to talk about things is all part of health. So I really appreciate each and every one of you for coming on today and, and talking about this topic and everyone that showed up tonight. um, Kudos to all of you for taking the time in such a powerful and maybe a little uncomfortable at times um, to think about some of the things. So My challenge to everyone now is to really reflect. What is it that you are doing? What is it that you have done? And what can you do? Maybe it's one little thing to make yourself just a little bit better and be open about it. And every single day you have a chance to not just change lives, but also save lives. So kudos to everybody. And I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you to everyone and STW And Sarah,
4: thank thank you you for letting me (laughs)
0: on.